deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Howdy, hey folks, welcome back to another Mile High Pundit, uh, my name is Joel, I'm currently one of your co-hosts, uh, been having some, been having some pretty good, uh, just discussions recently about the, uh, Broncos and, um, just all that stuff was great. But bringing on uh, my co-host Jared, like we were touching on the end of our last episode, we're going to be getting into some uh, much-deserved avalanche talk here. Um, Jared, bro, how you doing? <laughs> I'm about to start crying and laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just like, I am. Uh, I'm Joel currently. Like, wait, were you not Joel like two minutes ago? We are recording this one a little bit later, folks. Oh my um, god. <laughs> Oh god, that was too good. Oh hell, man. Yeah, that that last one talking about like the Broncos, we had to we we needed to get that one done. Yeah, much we'd done so much on the abs and a lot on the nuggets, and we hadn't really touched on the Broncos like at all. Yeah, felt felt good to get that one just off the chest. No no matter how Uh, bad they were playing, but yeah. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) Hopefully it only gets better. Yep, but, let's let bygones beat bygones, mm-hmm. brother. But I mean, yeah, dude, like this is I, I've been I, I've personally I've been chomping at the bit because you and I like throughout this entire free agency we've been just texting and tweeting back and forth and just like sending tweets to each other and we spent like the last like 10, 15 minutes trying to find one tweet. Yeah. And <laughs> we we cannot find we couldn't find the text, couldn't find the the freaking tweet we're going we talked about this where is it <laughs> it's the craziness of the offseason man it's uh it's actually one of my favorite times as far as um and just when it actually gets down to the time to do things you know lots of stuff can happen uh lots of good things for the abs this year sorry for the rest of the league um <laughs> not really sorry to the rest of the league but not really um yeah uh how how do you feel about all this man got a lot to talk about so i i I didn't want to say this um fuck i I, apparently i didn't tweet anything to you either i just looked again i (laughs) no idea but um i i i 
I, I saw this a lot on Twitter about how Vancouver apparently got so much better than Colorado in the offseason. Yawn. Cool. Y'all added one defenseman. We have seven, each one better than the last. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like they, they added they added Nate Schmidt. That was okay. it. That, that's literally all you added? Yeah. I, I mean, if we even go back like one year, the Canucks were a better team last year than they were this year, and it's not even close. Man. They only got into the playoffs this year because of that whole bubble thing. They uh they weren't an actual seed when it came down to it. So I don't know where they get their big egos from over there in Vancouver. Um and a lot of them look at it I look at them as a team that's a, a little brother to the abs right now. Give them a few years and maybe with the right development, they'll be where we are right now. <laughs> but when you look at it, just kind of black and white. That's a Vancouver Canucks team that was pretty healthy and lost pretty badly to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, the Avs, you can't really say that. You know, we lost to the team that went to the Stanley Cup, depleted. Um, and that being said, Sakic just masterfully again just pulled off fleece after fleece this offseason. It's like it's like when you're going to be a GM, you don't want to get that call from Sakic. <laughs> you know. Almost had that feeling just because it's it's just amazing when when you can get rid of guys like Lindholm and and Big Z for um, for two very good pieces from Chicago. And we'll just start it off with uh, with that with that little uh, tidbit of info there. But the trade of Nikita Zadorov straight up for Brandon Saad, and then you throw Anton Lindholm um, in there as well, which we we needed to get rid of him. Um, and it, it's just it's great, you know. It's it's absolutely fantastic to see that. The, the uh, crazy part about Anton Lindholm being traded is that shuts the door on the Avalanche's entire 2014 entry draft. Not a single player remains from that draft class. And that was the draft class of Patrick Waugh. We said it before, we'll say it again. Patrick Waugh was not meant to be the president of hockey operations, nor an NHL head coach. Plain and simple. Now... The piece that gets kind of lost in the shuffle of that Zadorov deal, which we'll get into very shortly, because I was ecstatic, and Sierra is now going to get a Saad jersey in an Avalanche colors. I am happy. This is beautiful. Hey, she should she should like that though. He was a Chicago guy. I know, and so so she's going to get an Avs jersey now. Saad, I'm like, yes, thank there you, you go. God. There you go. Um, <laughs> Dennis Gilbert is kind of one of those dudes who flew under the radar on this trade. So, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, the, the two big name pieces were Saad and Zadorov, who got moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, it was a cap swap, if you really think about it, because Chicago retained, retained a million of Brandon Saad's salary. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then signed Zadorov for $3.2 million for one year. Now, is Zadorov the answer to the Chicago Blackhawks problems on defense? No. If anything, their defense got worse with Zadorov. 
I and I know this is going to piss a lot of Avs fans off when I say this. By getting rid of Nikita Zadorov is the best thing that's happened to the Avalanche since getting rid of Mark Barbario and getting rid of Fedor Tutin. Plain and simple. Yeah. You know, I I would agree. Um, you look at Z, and he, he was a player that when, when he was on the ice, we were happy to have him for sure. And it's none of those like he was horrible, you know, type things. But when when you look at just his style of play, it definitely doesn't didn't really match what the Avs were trying to do. Um, as far as his skill set as a defenseman, it's the exact opposite that you get in a guy like Kale McCarr, in a guy like Bowen Byron. Or Devontae's. Yeah, and even in a guy like Devontae's, which... We'll get into. The second masterful fleecing we'll, we'll, of Mr. We'll, we'll get into that we'll later. Get into that. Yeah. Uh, but you look at a guy like Brandon Saad, and I want to focus on that for a little bit, because a lot of the... Uh, the pundits uh, during the playoffs were talking about, like, yes, the Avs were injured, but once the Avs were injured, there wasn't really a guy that they could go to that had just that grit. Um, Brandon saw one of those guys that will bring a whole lot of grit to this team, in my opinion. A, a, better, a better time to have him, to be honest. And, and you got a guy now in the lineup who knows how to win. You, yeah. you had that with Ian Cole. Um, you have that with a Philip Groovauer to an extent, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. You you have it. You have it with a guy who has gotten to the final, like like Peb, and now you have a roster up and down the roster now of guys who have gotten to the second round twice. Yeah, and almost beaten that second round bubble. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so so now you bring in a guy like Brandon Sod. He averages about 17 minutes time on ice. Typical second, second, third line guy, give or take. Uh, he's killing a lot of penalties, which is which is awesome, which is what you need. Yeah. And the the, the thing I really look at when I, when I look at trade acquisitions, especially on the forward side, is a takeaway to giveaway ratio. Mm-hmm. In his nine year NHL career, he started back in 2011, 12 with Chicago, played four years with Chicago, went two years to Columbus, back to Chicago for three more. Now he's with us. Thank you. He he has 320 takeaways to 205 giveaways in nine years. All right, I, I like that ratio a lot. Yes, sir. But what that tells yes, me is sir. that he's he's smart with the puck. He knows what to do with the puck at all times. And I mean, th- this is a guy who finished third in Calder voting in his rookie year. Yeah. So I and he's been a solid. He he's a good player, man. <laughs> he was crucial to the Hawks' cup runs back in the day. It was him. It was Taze, Jonathan Taze, not Devin, uh, and um, and Kane. You know that was like their core group of guys that worked. At, and you got to throw Crawford in there too. But that was that core group of guys that won that city so many cups. Um, back in that in that time. Um. But yeah, just love the experience getting a guy like down the abs. Where would you? Because uh, you know he he's a he is a center. Where where would you place him right now, as far as just lines go, or do you just kind of wait and see until 
um, just kind of chemistry goes and all that good stuff. I, so, so here's what I'm thinking, and this is going to seem outlandish as all hell. <laughs> That's Line, what the offseason is for, right? The, the first line is McKinnon, Ranton, and Burakovsky. Burakovsky re-signed two years at $9.8 million, which is a steal. Yeah, 5.4 okay. a year. 4.9 a year. 4.9 a year, yeah. 4.9 a year. Dude's a steal. So we got him through his RFA. He'll be a UFA. The problem is going to be when he becomes a UFA, how much money he's actually going to get because this was a drop in the freaking bucket for this kid. And he's only getting better. Okay. Yeah. Line second line, you go Kadri, Don Skoy, and uh, Landis Cog. Mm. And then third line, what you do with that third line is you put Confer in the middle with Sod on Sod on the left and like a Matt Calvert on the right. You get a gritty ass third line who can also put up points. Kill penalties. Mm-hmm. And, and and for what it's worth, Sod is a very efficient shooter. His career shooting percentage is eleven point four percent. He's very efficient when he shoots. He doesn't shoot a ton. He's only got fourteen fourteen eighty uh fourteen seventy eight shots on goal with twenty four fifty six attempted. Yeah, but this is also a guy in 588 career regular regular season games, 347 points. Now, here's the other key about Brandon Saad that does not get talked about. Okay, when he was full time with the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, so about seven years of NHL service. Yeah, he played in 82 games in three seasons. Played 80 games in another. Played 78 in the other two, and then the shortened year this year at 58. He is doesn't that, miss a lot of games. Is that a splash of health I see? <laughs> Dude, I sure as hell hope so. Yeah, much it's welcome news, man. Welcome news. Um, and, and I mean, in his career, he's a plus 51. Yeah. And so, yeah. The, the last two years when Chicago has been absolutely horrible, he was only a minus 10 and a minus 9 in the last two years, respectively. So... And you can't put all their problems on him. No. That's their defense. No, 100%. And like, it's their goaltending, their defense, everything else. Now, the, the big thing that, that I love about Saad is that he, for all intents and purposes, is a late game player. <clears throat> and here's why I say that. Of his 169, very nice, goals, 37 of those are game winners. 37 game winning goals. I like that. So he he's a guy who can definitely pot it. Now, on the power play, he's only got 19 career goals. He's got six shorthanded. So he's not doing a lot for your power play. But he's also got 189 blocks All across right. those 158 games. So or 588 games. So that's and, great right there. Exactly. Like, and, and if you need him to take face-offs, yeah. he's, he's a career 42.8 face-off guy. So, I, I mean, Brandon Saad alone doubled the value of Nikita Zadorov. And, and what happened was when, when Zadorov got moved, 
that opened up the money for Ryan Graves to get paid almost as much as what Nikita Zorov is making for one year, and we signed Graves for three. Yeah, and, and those uh, <clears throat> those moves happened, you know, right next to each other too. Um, they they you know they re-signed Burakovsky like you're talking about. Then we traded. Um, then we actually re-signed uh, Nichushkin on the 11th, and then on the 12th we re-signed Graves. Um, the 12th was also when heard uh, Devin Tays from the Isles as well. So just a little bit of a timeline there. I mean, it all happened real quick. You know, that's that's the name of the game. That's the business of it. Um, but just a flurry of moves by Sackick, and you didn't see him waste a lot. You know, you actually saw him save money and put together just top to down a scarier team than what we fielded last year. And it's it's great to see that. Um, it's it's nice to know that some GMs do know how to run a franchise. Looking at you, Stan Bowman. <laughs> Piercing gaze. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's just overall, I, I think just a re- really good, uh, just excellent period of free agency for the abs. Um, and, and, and here's the other thing too, that I, I loved about the, the moves that Sackick made. So on the 11th, he also traded away AJ Greer. He needed to go plain and simple. He did. And he, he brought back man. and he brought back in Kyle Burroughs. Who's another yeah. great? Who's, who's another great AHL guy? It, it's just an AHL swap, not a big deal. Whatever. Which Greer, I, I liked watching Greer play. Um, you know, watching him from the booth for Eagles games, always fun. You know, he's he was a gamer. He he swung up to the Avs a few times last year, but it well, gets to the didn't? point where yeah, and <laughs> who wouldn't at that point, right? Um, but. It gets to the point where you looked at him as a prospect and you're like, he is going to get his kind of regardless elsewhere. And you have to look at what we had waiting in the wings in that position for sure, too. Um, Just a lot of talent on that Eagle squad, and they're doing it right. They're building it from the ground up. And and another thing that's happening, too, is that Sakic is managing... He's not mortgaging the future. He's managing, he's doing great asset management is what I'm going to call oh, yeah. it. So, oh, yeah. Fantastic. And, and, and let's go back one year, okay? Let's go back to the free agency of last year when he traded Barry Kerfoot and a sixth for Kadri Rosen and a third. How'd that work out, Dub? So right, right away, Kadri's got one year left. Okay, whatever. Kerfitt's got signing rights. Okay, cool, whatever. Well, Barry walked from Toronto. Yep. And, like, nope. and and Kerfoot uh, looked like absolute shit. He really did. Um, and now Toronto is left with nothing from that trade. They have a sixth round pick. That's it from that mm-hmm. trade. That's all they have to show for that trade. Meanwhile, Colorado still has two more years of Kadri including this season, this season and the next. He's got two more years of Kadri. And then flipped Callie Rosen for Michael Hutchinson at the deadline, who ended up being a huge part of that second round against Dallas. Yeah, and 
Jared, it's getting a little bit chilly. I think you might want to grab your fleece pullover, my friend, because it was a fleecing. It was an absolute fleecing last year. And more fleecing, more fleecing this year. Um, I don't use that verb often, but <laughs> it's what it was. Um, man, just when you look at the the resources and the assets that he has built through, you know these these last two three years, um, nothing but good things. I'm seeing, you know, we're both seeing improvements top to bottom, really. And that includes the Eagles franchise, too, because they made a flurry, a flurry of AHL moves, too, that were very, I mean, I, I thought they did very well in that as, in that phase of the offseason as well. Hunter Miska, for one. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. Hunter Miska, they gets a, a two-year, $1.45 million deal. Basically just shores up. Any issues? Uh, LOC gets a two uh, a two year one four five as well. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at your your UFAs and RFAs, the guys that we're keeping, we're keeping. You know, the guys that'll be pivotal for this AV squad, and I'm talking about, um, you know, the guys like Martin Couch, Shane Bowers, uh, TJ Tynan. Um, well, Tynan's in uh, Kiefer, UFA. Kiefer Shearwood, too. Nobody's yeah. talking about him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's um, a 25-year-old forward who's on a one-year $750,000 deal who's probably going to play fourth-line minutes for the Avs. And, yeah. and we stole him from Anaheim. And I mean stole him. And let's be real. And then you you look at all these other guys, man. <laughs> Jacob McDonald. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. The the Avs probably have they they have a top defense in the NHL, and they also have a top defense. They're building a top defense in the AHL. And, I mean, that AHL defense is absolutely just. It's scary, man. Connor, <laughs> Connor Timmons, Dennis Gilbert, Josh Mc, Josh Anderson, Jacob McDonald, Daniel Renouf, uh, who they picked up as a free agent, and then Kyle Burrows too. Like, and you'll see Byram in there at some point, or Byram, I should say. I um, here's what uh, you won't see Byram at all in Loveland. You won't no, unless he goes no. down for a conditioning stint. He's gonna go straight to the big boy club. Uh, he wouldn't have gone to the bubble if he if. If uh, if if Bednar and Sackick didn't see something that went, he could possibly play some big minutes, which then gives you the option of moving Ian Cole, gives you the yeah. option of trying trying to move Eric Johnson. If you move EJ, here's the problem: you're going to retain fifty percent of his salary, a hundred percent of the time. So you're going to retain three million on your books, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Kamenev is still an RFA. He's got an arbitration hearing. He's not going to get anything. Because he's really not worth much, to be honest with you. And he he was one of those, like, throw-in guys, I guess, from Nashville in that crazy fleece Duchesne trade. Yep. And... Yep. I'm, I mean, 
just just alone as it stands right now, the Avs have 12 forwards signed, and their total cap hit on forwards is fifty, almost $51 million. Wow. And on defense, it's at 19.2 and some change, almost 19.3 to be honest with you. And they still have to sign Devin Taves. So, and and keep in mind, Kill McCarr gets paid next year. Yep. So, that he does. But you get the four, you get the four two five off the books from Ian Cole, mm-hmm. and you try and backload McCarr's contract. That, that, that's what you try and do, because uh, Miko's contract is heavily front loaded right now. Making nine mil. <clears throat> No, he's making more than that. He's making 12 mil this season alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got 12 mil, 10 mil, 6, 9.5, and 6 left on his deal. So that deal was pretty heavily front-loaded, which is Mm -hmm. fine. I can understand that. JT Confers was a little bit mid-loaded, so he's got 4 or 5 next year, which, okay, whatever. Sam Girard's was 5 mil flat across the board. Thank you, God. Um. Natushkin gets a little bit of a pay bump next year, but I mean, yeah, just, which just look well deserved. I mean, six hundred k bump, and exactly. And I mean, Kale McCarr with all of his like um, performance bonuses and everything else thrown in, he's making almost three million a year right now. Yeah, with performance bonuses, because I guarantee you, he hit every one of them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He won the freaking Calder. <laughs> Yeah, probably got a little extra Calder bonus as well. Mm-hmm. And um, who who can you name who won the Calder before McKinnon? I'll give you a hint. It was 1998. He was a he, he played a huge role in the 01 series, in the 01 Cup run, and then he went to Buffalo. Is it Bork? No. Chris Drury. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 1998 Calder Trophy winner. Okay. As the, league's M- as the league's best rookie. Not exactly a guy you expect, but, I mean, the, oh, dude, the dude is a hell of a player for sure. Yeah. Um, we just... Uh, uh, like, we talk about just the, the greatness of Kale just for a little bit. I mean, he's a guy that, as of right now, among active defensemen in the league... He's averaging the most points per game at 0.88 per game. Big guys. That's beating guys like Tory Krug. That's beating guys like William Carlson. Um, Eric. Eric Carlson. William Carlson. Yeah, William Carlson. Yeah. Um, Eric Carlson. Um, But you know, like. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited that, you know, that we, because um, when, I, when I looked at that stat, I actually saw that a couple days ago where it was like, it had the point metrics up and Kale McCarr led the entire league amongst active defensemen at 0.88 points per game. And you just like to see it, you know, something that you'll love to see. And love to hate to see it if you're other teams. Yeah, but. And, and and he's only going to get better. That, that's the scariest yeah. part is he's 21 years old. He just played out his rookie season. And pretty much set the uh, league on fire. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
had he not gotten hurt, I mean, we're looking at almost like a 70, 80 point pace as a rookie defenseman. Easily. So, I mean, that alone, that, that should tell you a lot. And I mean, we, we have to touch on this briefly before we get into Devon Taves. Um, we got some heat on Twitter from Mavs fans. About yes, Tyson, we did. About Tyson Jost. Yeah, yeah. And we we understand <clears throat> we, we we understand where you guys are coming from with it because you don't just let him walk. Well, we put an offer sheet to him. If someone matches it, we get picks. He's not really walking for free at that point. And granted, Sackick did the right thing and said, "This is a prove it deal. You get one year, mm-hmm. and then we're going to let you walk." And I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. Tyson Jost needs a change of scenery. He's 22 years old. He's the same age as Samuel Gerrard. He is a year younger than Miko Rantanen. And he's a year older than Kale McCarr. That's his encompassing class around him on this team alone. Yeah, and and we've talked about where he was drafted. Tenth overall. For this team, tenth overall. You draft a guy tenth overall to be just a a legit game changer, man. That is on uh, Jost's shoulders. Was on Jost's shoulders. Granted, he doesn't have to do that because of just the talent that the Avs fielded, but it's like, hey, we drafted you 10th overall for a reason. We get the, we, we get you needed to adjust to the league and, and all this, but that should be long gone, especially when you just came out right there and said, hey, comparing him to guys like Gerard and Ransonen and uh, McCarr, that's not it. And keep, and keep in mind too, Shane Bowers is 21 years old as well. I'd rather have Bowers than uh, than Joe's. Shane Bowers in his first professional cur- in his first professional season with the Eagles put up 27 points in 48 games. <clears throat> this is coming right out of Boston University and just stepping right into an AHL role. In four games that he first played with after Boston was bounced, no points minus two. Well, playoff time happened, comes in, puts up his first pro point in the playoffs. Terrific. But the thing is, and you said it perfectly, I would much rather have a Shane Bowers or a Josh Dickinson who is 22 than a Tyson Jost. 100% of the time. And I don't care if it's a sign and trade or whatever, but everyone was over the moon about Tyson Jost coming back. And in my mind, I'm going, why? He's a fourth liner, if not the 13th forward on this team, because you have guys like Shane Bowers, like Martin Kaut, who's 21. Yeah. Like, Like a Nicholas Henry. Guys that are chomping at the bit to prove. They can be those guys. 
Um, and with the minutes that we gave some of those guys in the playoffs, I mean, they performed pretty admirably. Coming, just, just you know, putting it in the grand scheme of things, coming, looking at where they were, they elevated their games. Um, and keep in and they, mind, they took it serious. They took it seriously. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, that's without Alex Newhook signed. Mm. Dude, that's scary because yeah. now you got new hook in the mix now you have sample ranta in the mix who plays for notre dame he's 20 mm. and those are two pretty heavily touted guys j- just those two alone and then you picked up colby ambroso in the fourth round yeah so that's four guys right there who you're going looking at going, oh shit, my days are probably numbered. Yeah, yeah. And you just look at his salary compared to everyone on the team right now on this uh, cap-friendly site that we're, we've been using. <laughs> You can tell that he's getting phased out. And you can tell that he's on a prove-it deal. Um, you really can. My question to you is, are we going to see a different Tyson Jones this year, or is it going to be the same? The exact same, if not worse. Yeah. And here's what I think happens. Jost plays in 40 games in an 82-game season. That's it. That's all he plays. Because you have guys like, like we've already talked about. And, and keep yeah. in mind, those, those, those guys I mentioned aren't even signed yet. They're still oh, in college. They will be. They, but out of signed guys, you have Shane Bowers, yeah. who's, who's going to be a world beater. Oh, he's going to be good. Martin Kaut, who's... He's Martin Kaut, man. You know what you're getting out of Martin Kaut. <laughs> I mean, hell, you got Nick Henry, too, who, albeit didn't have, like, the greatest first year in in the professional career. Yeah. He had, nine, he had nine points in 42 games and went down to Utah for a little bit of a stint. That's true. That's true. And you got to wonder, too, you, you talked a little bit about... Um, Dude, Ty Lewis is the same age as Tyson Jost. Yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, and go, going and going back Lewis to played really well for the for the Grizzlies, so his development's only going to get better. Yes, it is the ECH the ECHL. I understand that, but he had fifty one points in forty four games for the Grizzlies. Huge twenty five tucks. So it's huge. You move that guy up. <laughs> I mean, but we're also not even talking about. I mean, you talked a little bit about their uh, their, their draft. But also what I think what spells bad news for Tyson Jost is um, going back to that draft real quick. The Avs, uh, it was their 75th overall pick, so day two of the draft. Um, third round, they end up picking up Jean-Luc Foti, who is widely just regarded as the best pure athlete in this draft. Or one of the best pure athletes in this draft. Um, give you a little bit of backstory. His, his dad was a professional football player. 
Um, his mom, I believe, uh, yeah, his mother was an Olympian. Um, and Fowdy was also a, a championship track and field athlete. Uh, and guess what position he plays? Center. Center. And I'm, I mean, just off foodie alone, is it foodies or is it Fowdy? I can't tell anymore, man. I really don't know. It's these damn Canadian names, man. Like, <laughs> they, throw just, yeah. like they make it sound so um, weird. Um, I mean, he's from Ontario. I'm going to say, so. say Fowdy. I'm going to say Fowdy until... Yeah. Until we Someone hear otherwise. Says, until we hear it. But, um, so he, but that guy's a pure athlete, man. Dude, here's the thing. He's played two years in the OHL for the Windsor Spitfires, yeah. right? He played as a 17-year-old in for the Windsor Spitfires. It's pretty damn good to yeah. be a 17-year-old playing in the O. He put up 49 points in his first year in 63 games. 41 of those were assists. The dude can dish the puck. Year two, yeah. last season... He put up 43 in 59 games played. So he was 15 goals. Yeah, 15 goals on that one. So, and he dropped his plus minus down to a minus seven from a minus 19. Yeah, and I mean, he's represented his, he's represented Team Canada twice at the under 17 and then in the Gretzky Cup within the, with the under 18 team. And he's put up four yeah. points in both of those. And Jared, I don't know if you've had the chance to watch him at the OHL level. No, but if you do, I mean, uh, uh, you sh- you should look up some tapes on this guy, man. Generally considered to be one of the fastest skaters in that league. Um, he has an incredible first step. It gets to full speed in only a couple of strides. His top speed is a nightmare for defenders, and it's not just north-south speed. It's an agile skater with great edge work, and it helps him open up space for himself. Also has really great puck vision. And you you look at all those traits. You know, for his for his transitions, his transition game's not bad too. He's in the 70th percent with his transition uh, shots and assists. So you're getting a guy who's going to be, you know, in a couple of years, maybe that replacement for Jost. I don't know. Um, well, and, but and, I, I can't wait to see him play. And, and there's one other guy we haven't even touched on yet who was drafted in, in the 19 draft. So the same draft as, um, oh, hell, who was it? Alex Newhook. Yeah. But this kid was taken in the third round, and this might be the steal of the third round right now. Because what what this kid is doing in the QMJHL, which is in the Quebec, it's the Quebec Major Junior League. Yeah. <laughs> he plays for the Rouen Noranda Huskies. Let, let me just give you his last three full seasons. Okay. And then what he's doing right now in the QMJHL. All right. Lay it on me, brother. 2017-2018. 56 games played, 37 points plus 16. Pretty good. Not bad. We'll give you that one. 18 19, 68 games played, 79 points. Ooh. 39 goals and 40 assists. So he's almost even. He was a plus 46. Bro, 
come on <laughs> come I, on it, man <laughs> i promise Come on. 1920 shortened season, 63 games played, 70 points, 40 goals. <laughs> and right now, through and right now through four games, he's got nine points and six goals. All right. I mean, this is Alex Bucage, third round draft pick in 2019. That 2019 draft class might be one of the best draft classes we'll see for the abs yeah because here's just here's honestly just what it is first round in 2019 alex newhook second round drew hellison third round alex bukage fourth round third round we didn't have a fourth apparently oh another third round matthew steinberg I mean, like, and and this kid's playing at Cornell. <clears throat> Granted, he was just one of those like throw-in picks from the uh, Duchesne deal, but he yeah, was the second yeah. young. He was the second youngest player by a week on Cornell last year. One wow. week. If he was a week, he was born a week later. He'd be the youngest player. Wow. So, pretty pretty solid. Um, I, I mean, everything is just built around the ability to move assets as needed. Yeah, and these are just un, undrafted, like unsigned guys. Like, like, like we've already talked about Travis Barron, Kiefer Shearer, Sheldon, Sheldon Dries, Nick Henry, TJ Tiny, Martin Couch, Shane Bowers, Josh Dickinson, Logan O'Connor, to name a few. Yeah, yeah. On the forward side, like, like you want to talk about like the ability to buy people out? Eric Johnson's contract is the next one getting bought out. Yeah, that'll be a buyout. But it, and, you know, I'm excited to have him. He slides in. You slide in Connor Timmons. You slide in Bowen Byram. Yeah. You slide in Baron, who yeah. you just drafted. That Justin Baron, my Steve. friend. We haven't even talked about her. <laughs> Man, <laughs> like we're just we're we're blessed right now, bro. It is midnight on a Monday right now, and we're going off about how great the avs are and just in general how much it would just be awful to be a leafs fan or a canucks fan or people that you know fans that think they have their team their teams on the up and up when in reality it's like okay if your gm's not named joe sakic you took an l this offseason and because it was nothing but dubs from our side and I, I mean, it took a little while, but let's get into Devon Taves. Yes. This happened on yes, October yes. 12th of 2020, so two days after we traded away Nikita Zadorov. And by the way, speaking of Zadorov, really quick, do you see what the Blackhawks had to put out on Twitter, basically apologizing to their fans for trading away Brandon Saad and letting Corey Crawford walk? Yeah. Dude. We're getting a fan favorite, man. So... Anyways, the Avs acquired Devon Taves from the Islanders for a 2021 second and a 2022 second. That's it. You didn't didn't (laughs) mortgage the future on a guy. Yeah, and for, for our listeners who don't know who Devon Taves is, 
I mean, he's a guy. I mean, the Isles were no joke this year. They they were a solid, solid playoff team in the East. Um, you love to see, you know, Varley have a good couple stints there too. He had some runs with them. That was good to see. But you look at Taze, and you look at the Isles, just their roster. Um, Taze is a guy who might have been one of the only acquirable pieces from that team or any, any, you know, a piece that I would have wanted to have. Um, but you're getting a guy who's, who's arguably their second best defenseman is their second best defenseman. I'll just, I'll just say it straight up. He is their second best defenseman over there. Um, And for giving him and for getting him for just a couple draft picks, man. I mean, I, I will say it again. It is it is like a highway robbery. Um, if you're the GM from the from the Isles and you get that call from Joe Sackick, you're like, hey man, my name's Joe Sackick. Here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna keep everything the same. You're gonna keep your money, but we're gonna take your best player. Bye. Like, <laughs> good luck with our our, our sixth round picks. Like, what the hell, man? I don't know how that happened. Um, I'm stoked for it. Super stoked for it, because, like you said, it's a guy that immediately replaces Zadorov and will will go above and beyond his production for the year. He's a younger um, and better version of Zadorov. Yeah, he, he's a guy that can put up points, too. Um, especially in the playoffs. I mean, here, here just for reference... Last season, Zadorov put up 13 points, 4 goals, 9 assists. Devon Taves, 6 goals, 22 assists. That's on the aisles. You add him to the abs, man, with our talents, he's going to have the best statistical season of his career next year. Um, <clears throat> but just great to see. I mean... You you look at the moves just as a whole, and the Avs needed to focus on a couple things. Um, mainly toughness, which they addressed with the Sod trade. Because you already had a roster of gutters. Granted, those guys all took, you know, a lot of them took pretty gruesome injuries. Sakic recognized that he has, that he has a roster of gunners guys that love playing together um and i i man i can't wait to see what taze does for us next year um it's going to be fun to see he's going to be a guy that i don't think too many people are going to know about him but by all-star break you're going to have people talking about him dude i'd say by the 12th game you're going to have people talking about him i mean this is a guy who logged on average 20 minutes and 31 seconds of time on ice for a very, very, very good Islanders team. Yeah. He was playing in every big situation that you could ask him to. And I mean he's I mean he started almost just about 50-50 on his defensive or offensive zone starts um last season. And I mean he he's a positive Corsi player. He's, uh, you, you know, I love my fucking Corsi ratings, right? And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and in the playoffs too. I like, I didn't even touch on his playoffs. That's he had two goals and eight assists in the playoffs this year. 
across 22 games. Grant is not a huge amount. He took 20 shots, so he's 10% shooter. But in the playoffs, he played 20 minutes and 30 seconds on average. And he stayed healthy. So, I mean, he, he blocked 38 shots in the postseason through 23 hits, which I don't, I don't, we don't need a big bruising defenseman anymore. To be honest with you, we need guys who can block shots. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's a Ryan Graves type of guy. That's a Devon Taves type of guy, and that's what Joe Sakic is building this team around. You have Ian Cole and EJ who can block shots and hit. That's fine. Let them do that, and then let Gerard Graves and McCarr definitely McCarr Graves to an extent, but definitely McCarr. Let them run, and and just let them do their thing, because with Devon Taves in the lineup, what you're looking at now is such a balanced lineup up and down because what i think you do is you put mccarr with graves gerard and let's call it johnson together and you put devon taves and ian cole together you You, could do that you're so balanced i mean in my opinion devon taves Right now, uh, I mean, he, he's not a guy that's going to play on the power play very much. He won't at all. There's um, no way. He, he won't. But, I mean, we got, when I look at Devin Tays, legit number three defender who is just about to enter the prime of his career at 26. Um, and, and as far as pairings go, man, I mean, you, you could run him... He, I mean, he might end up supplanting Graves as Macar's as Macar's uh, as Macar's guy too. Um, and then do you but put, let him run? You know, put Graves with then? Do you put Graves with Gerard and put the two old slow guys on the same line? I, I, I he can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that he's very versatile. Um, I mean, he played first pair of minutes. Um, had insanely good. I mean, as you said, his, his Corsi rating. So his five v five impact is is great. Um, just the one thing you touched on was his expected goals weren't as good this year. But that's just because the Isles weren't really an offensive team. No, they were extremely. Defensive. They're much more. They're, they're much more defensive. Yeah. Um, I think if if you give given the right amount of time. Watch him supplant Graves as the guy that runs with Makar on that first line. Because I think that's where he kind of belongs once he gets kind of... I mean, I don't know. Graves has played extremely well. And this is not a knock on Graves at all. But with Taze, you just get... It's an extra little punch in there, man. Um, I, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. The window is now. Yeah, the window to win is now. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't win now, next year's a world of hurt because you got Landis Cog, you got uh, you got Ian Cole, you got Kale McCarr, who is getting to get paid. Yeah, and it's like it, and like like if you want to resign Brandon Saad, that's fine. We get it, Re- resign him, but don't be stupid. Yeah. And I mean, 
But I don't think we're going to get that with Sackick, man. And, and, and just for reference, too, Tyson Berry took a huge pay cut and went to the Oilers. Yeah. A lot of people were thinking closer. He turned, he turned down a $4 million deal to come to the Avs. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you really think that he actually is going to a winning area? Edmonton, no. It, it's, um, it's a heavy power play leading team over there. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, you got, you got Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. Uh, we Ethan saw Bear. those names get exposed, my dude. Exposed. By Chicago. By Chicago. By Chicago. <laughs> By Chicago. It was actually... And I told you this. I I, I I was I think it was episode one, our very first podcast, when we were just going off about everything that was going on in the bubble. It was like a three hour episode, but well worth it because we needed to get all that off our chest. Mm-hmm. But man, I was like, watch the Chicago Blackhawks decimate the Oilers. Watch them beat the Oilers. Because of experience. Because of that playoff grit, because they know what it takes, man. The Oilers had those big names like McDavid, Dreisaitl. <sighs> but when it comes down to it, I saw those names just become names. I didn't see McDavid. You know, he had his McDavid games. But the Oilers don't scare me because they're not deep. If you had like six McDavid's, then yeah, I'd be a little bit worried. But they got one. You know? And that was a point that was heavily just kind of emphasized, I feel like, because they didn't have any depth. I mean, they couldn't handle Chicago. And Chicago got in as the 12th seed, the last seed. But just thinking about all that stuff, just in general, reason that the Avs are plus 800 right now to win the Cup, and that might have gone up even more, um, probably has. But there's a reason that the Avs our league favorites right now to win the cup. And it's because we have a very, very good team um, that just got that much better just with what we've been talking about tonight. Um, yeah, I'm trying to... Did we did, did we miss anything, man? <laughs> Dude, I mean... Um, I, I mean, outside of... Oh, I mean, this happened like last year, but like... like uh, uh, Eustace Antonin. I mean, he got he got signed. Um, Adam Warner's out on loan in in Czech. Andre Miska got signed. I mean, I, I here's what I project happening this year, moving into the twenty one twenty two season. Eric Johnson gets moved. Ian Cole doesn't get resigned. Devon Taves is locked up through 23-24, which is the same as Don Squid Confer, uh, Ryan Graves, Nathan McKinnon. Um, and Miko's got two has another year beyond that. And because right now, with the Avs cap space where they're at, they have five point just just shy of six million in cap space. So ideally you're trying to get Taves around Three, two, five, three, five at a max a year. Yeah, I'd say three to five max, especially with all the money that's going to be coming off those books. Because like if you, you can get him year. at three point five max, let's say you sign him for two years, three point five, so you get him two years, two years by seven million, or two yeah. years by six point five. That's an awesome deal. Or you go two years by seven, whatever works. Okay, 
you have you'll have Belmar off the books, Calvert off the books, Saad is off the books. Landeskog probably resigns to a team friendly deal because yeah. he wants to play here and he wants to win here. Kadri could resign here. I see Burakowski being an ab for a long time, especially with how good this team is looking. I would wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Makar gets paid. He's got to get paid. That's just that's what it is. I mean, you're 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 paying this dude probably seven seven eight million dollars. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And then you got to worry about Timmins, Byram, Baron, Newhook, <laughs> Sampo Ranta. I I mean, hell, dude. Like we just have such a. <sighs> It, it's such a scary names, team, man. It's such a stacked team. And and here's the crazy part: Adam Warner might be out of a job, or Hunter Miska is going to be out of a job because Eustace Antonin is the real deal. This, I mean, this guy, he's been playing in Finland, so he might just stay over there. But I'm I mean, just last season alone he played in twenty-three games in, in the Czech Extra Liga. Mm-hmm. Twenty-three games played, one point seven seven goals against average. Nine two nine save percentage. I mean, he played for Finland at the World Juniors. Played six games with a 265 goals against average, which is very good still against the top players around the world at the under 20 group. Still posted 9 1. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, I mean, he's, he's not, and that was his first like full, full, full season as a professional. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in the Czech Extra Liga. And he's doing that. And he started off this year one game, two goals against with a 926 save. I'll take that every day of the week, and like, and meanwhile, Martin Kout's out in in extra liga. I, I guess uh, what's his name is in the Finnish league, the Finnish liga. Sorry, check extra liga, and yeah, Kout, yeah. and Kout's got one. He's he's got one goal in four games right now, and he's minus two, which is fine, right? Kout's still young. Yeah, yeah. But keep in mind, in nine games with the Avs, he's got two goals and one assist with the Avs. So he's he's already showing he can play. Mm. And I'll take that one that one point every three games over a Tyson Jost any day of the week. So, yeah. I mean, the, the, the kid plays well no matter where he goes. If he plays for the, the Czech Republic under-20 team, he looks great. He played for the Eagles. He was pretty serviceable his first year. Last year, about the same, if not a little bit better. I mean, he was a much smarter player in terms of plus minus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and keep in mind, I I still believe that had the season not got stopped for the AHL, the Eagles were on their way to a a pretty solid playoff spot. Oh, yeah. I was really sad to see, you know, you knew the AHL wasn't going to come back like the NHL was. Um, but they, they were, man, they were playing well. Um, they, they were putting together a nice little run there. Um, 
but yeah, we are at about the hour mark here. Um, but man, just kind of in uh, just to sort of wrap it up here. I'm happy that there's a GM in Denver that knows what he's doing. Like, like we talked about last, on, on the last episode, how, like we how Elway's just not it. Yeah, yeah. How and especially when you compare the, the two episodes like that, when we were talking about the Broncos last week, I, I mean, it was just there is a big disparity between those two ownership groups right now. I mean, the the bull in ownership is going to get dissolved basically, um, and the Avs are in the exact opposite spot where they have the guy they they trust and a guy who you know has truly made this team better um but yeah i'm i'm stoked to see it i'm excited for the ride as per usual always love getting into hockey talk with you man it always always clears my head always puts me in a better mood um and you wear an abs hat so that helps Hey, that's true. Do you, I miss, dude, let me just tell you, I miss that logo. Uh, he, he's got the old, like, uh, the old Bigfoot that used to be on the shoulders of the jerseys, bro. Can they just bring that back, please? Dude, I wish. Hey, I wish. Um, really quick. It's I, my I, lucky I do, ass hat, man. I, I, I do want to pick your brain on, <clears throat> on what your thoughts are of the arena name change really quickly before we close this, before we close this up. All right. Um, so, because Twitter had some fun. Yeah, Twitter did. Uh, <laughs> and for all of you who don't know what Jared's referring to, the Pepsi Center just got renamed to Ball Arena. Ball, ball, ball. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, definitely plays along more of the Nuggets side of things with that. Because I mean, I, I was going off on this whole. I, I was thinking just to myself, you know, if you if you really wanted to to really just emphasize the name of that stadium, what you would do is you would bring in Lavar Bar, Lamelo Ball. You'd be you'd bring in Lavar Ball, Lamelo Ball, Leangelo Ball, and uh, the actual dude who plays in the NBA, Lonzo Ball. And then you combine those balls with Bull Bull at Ball Arena, and you get a lineup of Ball Ball and bull bull and that's what you do <laughs> murray and the four bulls <laughs> um but yeah i thought it was kind of funny um uh, just seeing it you know ball arena i don't know it always be the pepsi center to me yeah i always loved just the homage to it when man you just get the chills when because you and i have been to you know our fair share of abs games and um i mean you 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 texted me this i'm pretty sure this 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 last week here but there's it's gonna be different man you're not gonna get roach saying pepsi center you know that's gone now now it's just gonna be ball arena man yeah it's just (laughs) but uh but yeah i don't know I'm not really too much of a fan on that. I guess it's supposed to be like a big progressive new company. Um, the funny thing is, is that Pepsi actually makes the cans that are relevant in like this ball trust, basically. So we could still technically call it the can if we wanted to. Yeah. I mean, like, like, but ball is well known for making those Mason jars. So it's like, you call it the jar. Like what do you- 
just it's one of those weird things where it's like and because i mean uh the abs dj uh dj triple t tweeted us on twitter and was like was like like i understand like like everyone's upset about it, but it's like you know not that big of a deal i'm like yeah and we're like like yeah like we get it at the same yeah. time you gotta understand that there's it, a culture it, it, it's not just a name to a lot yeah. of us it's literally like, like what we grew up with like, like yeah. we didn't, a lot of us, I mean, I, I vaguely, like really, really vaguely remember McNichols Arena. Mm. Very vaguely. My first Avs game I went to was at Pepsi Center. Yeah, same. And that was in 03 against Nashville with my dad. We sat like 16 rows up on the end that the Avs shot twice and on the first, in the first bowl. And that was when the Avs weren't exactly good. Mm. <clears throat> which is hard to believe, but um, <laughs> I mean, they had some dark times in there. Yeah. Uh, that just makes their meteoric rise that much better. In my opinion. And it's like, Very, like a team that did it right. I mean, like, like, like I remember I went to the very first Colorado crush game at Pepsi center. The very yeah. first. It, it, that's something that like everyone forgets was a thing. At yeah. Pepsi center was the yeah. crush. I, I I remember the old jumbotron, not this beautiful rectangular thing we got going on. <laughs> I, I remember they had like an actual like Pepsi ball that would drop from under the center hung. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean like it, it's just, there's just so much about it where I'm like, oh, I, I I get it. You someone paid you more money, you're gonna change the name. Yeah. I I fully understand that. Trust me, sport management major. I get it. Right? <laughs> naming rights is the biggest industry for sports teams and sports ownership groups right now because they can get people to pay stupid amounts of money i.e metlife stadium globe life park i mean coors yeah. is paying a dollar a year for 50 years that's it yeah. that's all they pay so and i mean you can Mercedes you, you could whore that out forever yeah yeah but yeah it feels like an end of an era um and not in a good way not in a good way yeah yeah but i was i was re- i was waiting to, to drop that ball 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 <laughs> you've, just, you've oh, been man. like sitting um, on that one forever and you're just like oh when can i put this one in there just seeing your face react to that just brought me life for this uh and, and i mean the, the thing that didn't help either was that they lit up they they lit up I, I'm I'm not I can't call it that they it, they lit up what used to be Pepsi Center in like this like like sky blue lighting. Mm. Oh my God! Did you see Instagram and Facebook and Twitter go off? No, I actually don't think I did. Dude, it was <laughs> you, every joke in the book about blue balls. There it was. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like see that coming. Like, Damn. I, I mean, like, because like, like, because like, now I look at it and go, wait, what's the center hung? In, like, 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 what's the scoreboard gonna look like? Because Pepsi Center fits so perfectly, and that now I'm like, and, and now I'm like, well, how's this gonna look? Because like, like, ball has like this like weird like swooping thing coming down from the second L. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. I'll just leave it at that. Not a fan. I'm a fan of the two teams that play there, though. That's <laughs> um, true. Like, they have the best. I mean, 
talking about the Nuggets and the Avs, they've got the best odds. When you, when you throw up the big four with the Broncos and the Rockies, um, you really can't compare. The, the two are on the four different franchises. Sorry, it's a little bit late, guys. Um, are just on two different trends. You got the Rockies and the Broncos going way down. You got the Avs and the Nuggets going up. And it's not even close either. That's like the weirdest part. And... Like, 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 I'm, I just, so much of me wants to see every Denver team doing really well, but I know just what it's, what it's going to be. And yeah. Yeah. And like we said, you know, we're, we're not homers. You guys can tell just because of our Broncos podcast. I mean, we kind of ripped into them. Did we? Really? Wow. Just, just a little bit. Um, But that's because we call it like we see it. And you're not I mean, gonna get I mean hell dude if you listen to our to our playoff podcast for the Avs <laughs> dude if you try to call us a homer after that you're full of it because yeah, you can't. I personally <laughs> was just going off like like I had some buddies at work listen to it and they literally came up to me the next day at work and they're like oh, holy shit <laughs> They're, they're 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 like how many how long did it take you to like censor all that i was like i think i edited for like two hours that night on yeah, like yeah. a few of those games because i was so pissed at how they yeah. played that it just it drove me up a wall to the point where i couldn't even think straight we've but, all been there man but we've yeah all been there so really really quick <clears throat> to, to yeah. close this up give me a grade <clears throat> a to f on the abs off season You know what? I'm a tough grader when it comes to off-season moves. Um, but with what Sackick did, with what he had available, give him an A-. minus. You were a little bit B- more friendly than A-. I was. You were close. <clears throat> you were a little more friendly than I was. Okay. I still want to see what they signed Devon Taves for. Okay, so yeah. As of right now, I've got him at a B. Okay. Just Tyson Jost is what's bringing it down. That, that's the biggest piece that's bringing it down right now. Now, if they get Devon Taves at a 3 3 two, five deal, dude, that, that thing jumps up to an, to an A easily. Mm-hmm. Because not only did you draft well, you brought in good pieces like Brandon Saad, Devon Taves, Dennis Gilbert to help out the AHL team. You brought in Kiefer Shearwood to help out the AHL team. You didn't mortgage the future in the Devon Taves deal. And you're you're still laughing all the way to the bank over the Matt Duchesne deal from two years ago, which Matt Duchesne is currently being shopped by Nashville. Talk about buyer's remorse. That's buyer's remorse. Nashville also bought out Kyle Turris. That's not good. So love to see it, bro. I mean, <laughs> I mean, as of love right, to see it. As of right now, I gotta give it a B. I right. want to see what their. I I I do want to see what their what what they do with Devon Taves because if he gets that three to three point five, it's it's an A, a hundred percent because it still leaves you with about one and a half, one seven five of cap space good way to put it which is perfect to bring up your younger guys 
yeah, and yeah be, great and be depth great. players and do their thing martin Couts, the first guy that comes to mind and then i mean i mean bowen byron probably loc in there i mean and they're all signed on minor league deals so i mean that alone is going to save you up that cap space yeah, yeah. so I, I i mean in a perfect world that's probably what you're looking at but yeah i mean cal turris got bought out by nashville nashville's paying two million dollars a year for the foreseeable future like like, like literally cap friendly doesn't even take it that far that's how far out they're paying sucks to suck um and i mean and, and just for comparison matt duchene got a eight million dollar contract over seven like seven years eight eight million dollars annually from nashville nashville's already shopping him and miko ranton got nine two five suck it duchene I think we have the right guy. I'm just gonna throw it out there. But yeah. what do I know? I mean, Miko's been the better player, anyways. And I, I yeah. And we will always we will always go out of our way to rightfully slander Duchesne. One hundred percent of the time. It, it, it was that picture that he did in the preseason stuff where he was just like looked pissed off and said, "I'm only here to fulfill my contract." Like, dude, shut up. You should have been yeah. here because you wanted to play for this club. And guess what? We got rid of you, and now we're better. So, I mean, yep. I mean, you can laugh because you you're making eight million a year right now, which none of us are making. But at the same time, we're laughing because you're playing in Nashville, who has Pekka Rene, who is on the wrong side of thirty by a long shot. Yeah, <laughs> and it it's just it's hilarious to me just watching it. But I like I said, B for me. Let's see how let's see what they do with Devon Taves. And let's see if they re-sign Vladislav Kamenev. Perfect. That'll I hope be, they do. That that'll be I the two. That'll be the two things that I look at and go, okay, what are we you know looking what? at here? Actually, I I'm gonna retract my A minus, and I'm just gonna put it at a solid B plus right now, because I the the one thing that I wanted to see is kind of do. And it's unfortunate that we didn't actually get to talk about this a little bit more because I'm just now kind of remembering it. But I, I hated seeing a Mishnikov walk. He went um, to Detroit of all of all places. He went to Detroit. To yeah, to Detroit, man. But I mean, I get like I'm happy for him, but I much rather would have kept him on a team friendly deal, maybe if we could have. I mean, I mean, credit to him. He got paid. He did. He did. And, and another guy I was upset to see leave was Matt Nieto, who went back to San Jose on a one-year yeah. deal. Yeah. But I mean, that's tough. But I, I mean, I, I mean, like I get it because you got Nachushkin, you got Belmar, you got Calvert, you got Confer, Donskoy, Kadri, Burkowski, Saad, Landis Cog, McKinnon, Rantanen. I mean, there wasn't really Solid. a spot for him at that point. Yeah. And yeah. Can Can you trust Tyson Jost to kill penalties? I don't think so. I, I, I can't not with the not with the embarrassment or riches that you have around that can kill 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 penalties. I'm, I mean, like quite frankly, you're looking at Makar leading Ranton McKinnon, Landis Gog, and probably Brandon Sod, if not Matt Nazem Kadri on that first line power play, and then you got Sod, Burakovsky, Donskoy, Comfort, and Gerard as your second line power play. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, I'll take that every day of the week. <laughs> four times on Sunday 
and I'll take the accuracy of Brandon McManus from inside 25 yards. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward at that point. I mean, like I said, we both agree it's not an A any, by any stretch yet. Everyone else has said the Avs have done very, very well. I want to see what happens with Devon Taves. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if New Hook signs, which I don't think he does. I think he plays one more year at BC. And I want to see what happens with Barron, Byram, and Timmons this year. Because I think this could be the swan song for Eric Johnson in an Avs uniform. And the Condor yeah. will lay to rest. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess sonnets. Um, but yeah, man, EJ, he's, he's like the, he's just one of the leaders of our blue line. Um, I mean, he's been around for how long, man? How long? Yeah. Yeah. He's been around forever. Um, but man, the expect the projected war of Devin Tays right now for the abs is 2.1, bro. I'm just, I'm just spit up yeah. a little bit. Holy hell. 2.1. That is who you're getting with Devin Devontae's. It's just, it's stupid. It's pure, it's pure and utter stupidity. And that's, and get, and get this, bro. That is, they have him graded as our second pair. <laughs> that's even so, dumber. So if you put him into our, our top line, That's gonna like I, I just saw that number for the first time tonight and did like a triple take. Um but it's gonna be a good season, man. And and for everyone who just doesn't know really quick, uh war is the wins above replacement that that we talk about a lot. Um Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean that along with <clears throat> a, a Corsi rating and and, and and things like that it, it's all advanced analytics that we look at and go okay is this guy is this guy really for real or is he you know maybe for real i mean mm-hmm. i mean just in one season kale mccarr is a 52 percent corsi rating and devon taves in two years has a 50 percent corsi rating i like what we got with devon taves 100 percent. yeah yeah most definitely man most definitely but I mean, to everyone calling for Bednar's head before at the end of Game Seven, nope. it's not it, man. It's not because nope. they they're building this team the right way, and they're making sure that everything is done how it should be. Yep. If I might go as bold to say, just trust the process. Exactly, my friend. Cliche as that might be. Um, you got to because canceling stuff doesn't take you anywhere. Um, and that goes with just uh, you know, cancel culture in general. Um, I think it's awful. I think it's one of the worst things that you could possibly be about, and it's one of the worst things that you could even bring up and say. Um, it's just very childish. I don't like that. Um, you're gone. You're fired. You, you know. You all the way it's like no you, <laughs> yeah yeah like gotta give him a shot just like you gotta give drew Locke a shot just like you gotta give all these people the shot um because you can't blow something up that's still developing 
You just can't. And the Nuggets are a prime example, and so are the Avs. Yeah. You, you guess don't, who, get, you, you, by the you way, guess the who didn't trust that process? The Denver Broncos. You look at that club, we're still in Super Bowl mentality. I think not. No, we, we let's worry about going 500 before we start talking yeah. anything about playoffs. But you got Elway in that top management preaching playoffs and we're going to be better. And it's like, guys, just embrace it. Embrace who you are right now. Get a better draft pick because of it. And truly, truly go in on a rebuild like the Avs did a couple years ago with Duchesne. Yeah, you have some pieces on the Broncos right now that are good, but it's just all can, about... But, but can you mortgage that into something better for the future? That's the key. Exactly. That, that's the, 100% the key. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it just, <laughs> when it comes down to it, just looking at the Denver Broncos and the Avs and, and teams like the Nuggets, <laughs> complete polar opposites. I, I mean, it's just... I mean, we basically said it all in the last two weeks of here's where one club is at. Here's where two clubs are really at. And we want to watch these two clubs. We want to watch this club right now. Yeah. That's just what it is. Glad I turned you into a Nuggets fan, my guy. (laughs) It took some time. Um, But yeah, we're running a little bit over as we typically do on our abs episodes. Shocking. Um, about an hour 20 right now. Um, but hey, it's already on a Monday and we are going to close this thing out for, for all of our listeners. Again, thank you so much for, uh, just sticking with us through these, these first few months of us doing this. Um, really just something that Jared and I just love to do. Um, you know, it's our favorite, our favorite time of the week. We get to sit down like this and and interact with all you guys and kind of take everything that we've seen from the week and uh, just make these podcasts. Um, it's great just because a lot of times too, it's just unscripted um, given just the types of people that Jared and I are and, and working in the sports industry before um, we, you know, we just, we love to talk about this kind of stuff and um but with that, you know, we we would definitely appreciate just uh, a little bit more interaction from you guys. You know, send us your takes. We don't bite, I promise. Um, we're actually, you know, we'd love to talk with you guys more about all this stuff. Um, and we will be doing, uh, you know, our, our weekly giveaways as well. Haven't, haven't done one this week, but we'll be getting back into that as well. Um, but, yeah, just again, uh, from just now it being – uh, Tuesday, about 1240, um, from Denver. I'm Joel James for Jared Shuck signing off here and, uh, yeah, just keep it real everyone. And like Jared said, just, you know, call your loved ones, call your family, friends, tell them what's good. Reconnect. Um, 
we'll be living this this crazy thing called life along with you guys and uh, we'll be back here same time next week Deep underground, the Jelly Belly Factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again! Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <coughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough?